Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Love is Relentless podcast. We're your hosts, Tommy Reynolds. And Jacelyn Reynolds. We've been married for all of our 20s, so we know what it's like being told that marriage is hard, but not being given direction on how to overcome those obstacles. We're here to help you navigate those obstacles and tackle the taboo topics of being married in your 20s, in the 2020s, so that way you can have a more fulfilling marriage. We're so glad y'all joined us today, and we can't wait to dive in. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Love is Relentless podcast. We appreciate you guys coming back. To recap last week's episode, we talked about the love languages and how to really how to use them for your marriage and also how not to use them negatively in your marriage against your spouse. And we actually do have a pretty awesome Instagram DM that we got. I think we talked about it a little bit last week of how if the question's good enough, we'll probably make an entire topic about it. And that's exactly what we're doing. So this is something we didn't plan on talking about for quite some time, probably a few months down the road, if not a little bit longer, but it's such a serious topic, and the fact that we got someone asking about it this early on, kind of, it was just thrown on our hearts that it needs to be discussed, so Jason's going to read that, and then we're going to get into it. Yeah, so the question was asking about like if either of us have experienced depression or anxiety, and how we dealt with that together or helped each other get through it, so that is what we are going to be talking about today. And I'll just go ahead and start it out. So, um, we we both struggle with anxiety. Um, it's been like a constant thing in our marriage, and I've always had anxiety. Just like growing up, I've I feel like for me, most of my anxiety comes from feeling like unprepared, just kind of as like a general idea. So, like for school, I was always like anxious for exams because I didn't know like I didn't feel prepared for those even if I like studied like crazy which is why I studied like crazy because I just didn't want to feel unprepared and then like I guess that can also be in social situations where if it's like a new restaurant or like a new place that I haven't been to I'm like I need to know the parking situation I need to know like what to wear like what is everybody else going to be doing what kind of food do they serve like I just get really anxious about new situations and like I will do anything I can to like try to mitigate my anxiety so I'll like google like (laughs) I've literally got on google earth before and like tried to find like, um, the parking or, like, the menu and stuff like that just to help make sure I feel, like, more prepared going into different situations. So, that's mostly my anxiety. Um, Tommy also has, um, like, issues that he has. Yeah, so, uh, mine is, I definitely, like, I like to know the parking situation, especially living near Dallas, because it's chaotic, basically non-existent when it comes to parking, so... (laughs) Um, but aside from that, like mine's more social situations and that's, it's not even just like a social gathering, just like going to the grocery store. Um, I don't like going to concerts, like anywhere there's like a massive crowd. I just, I feel like, and I know it's not true, but I always feel like everyone's eyes are on me and I like, I hate being the center of attention. Like I don't want to be in the spotlight or anything like that. And for people that know me personally, it's probably hard to believe because like I'm, I'm definitely a very outgoing person, so I'm good at hiding my anxiety, but like I hate 
with a passion going to the grocery store and Jason didn't know that for like the first three or four years of our marriage and I would just like look like I was mad like she thought I was just being lazy not wanting to go to the grocery store but in reality every time I'm there like I just start sweating bullets I'm feeling pins and needles all over my body like I have to be pushing the shopping cart just to feel like I have some sort of control yeah literally like the first like several years of our marriage he like I'd be like hey we need to go to the store we need to get like whatever and he'd always be like I don't want to go and I'm like well I don't care like you're going (laughs) I don't want to go either but like we got to get this done so not until literally like several years like probably like four like yeah it was a long time for him to actually tell me like hey I don't like going to the store because I get really bad anxiety and like, like a big part of that was me not knowing I had anxiety. Like, yeah, that that was probably the biggest thing about it. Was like I didn't know why I was uncomfortable, but I was like low key having like mini panic attacks every time I'm at freaking Walmart grabbing oranges. Like I was freaking out on the inside and had no idea. Yeah. So once he told me that, I was like, okay, like that. It makes more sense. And now, obviously, like if we do need to go to the store, we'll just. Like, either I'll go by myself and pick up a couple of things, or we'll do, like, grocery pickups so he doesn't even have to go into the store at all. I just pull up, tell them my name, and they put it in my trunk for me, and I'm out of there. It's awesome. Yeah, which, I mean, it is definitely more convenient just in general, but especially when you have, like, social anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I also dealt with um, depression for a while. I... Uh, probably only, like, a handful of people probably know this. Like, I don't know if, um, even my family knows, like, the severity of it, but we, um, after the military, when we moved back to Texas, um, life was just, like, hard in general, just everything about it. Like, I was going to school, and our finances were crap, and like marriage was crap and so everything was just like I felt like my life was just like falling apart and I I didn't realize it until like it got really really bad that like I was actually depressed and it just like my mental health just got really bad and I had a lot of like things that I was just going through and um I kind of just got to the point where in my life, like, I just kind of gave up and, like, I was still striving to be, like, a perfect student and perfect wife and all of these things, but inside, I was just, like, falling apart and so externally, nobody knew because it always looked like I had my stuff together and, like, you know, like I said, straight A student and, like, all of these things and like externally it was like nothing was going on going on but inside I definitely um like I mean we're here to talk about the taboo topics and if my story can help somebody else then that's what we want so I remember talking to Tommy one day and he told me like at his current job he was saying that like sometimes he would try like not actually try but like he would want to like run over a pole or something so that way his car would get messed up so he didn't have to go to work or like not to where he would hurt himself but just so that way he wasn't able to like drive to work because he just hated his job so much um 
But I remember finally sharing with him one night that, you know, I brought that up and I was like, you know, you told me about this, but I was like, I feel that every day, but I don't think about like driving my car to where it doesn't hurt me. Like I, every day was like, anytime I was driving, I'd be like, oh, I can just like drive this way and like not have to worry about anything anymore. And obviously that's like really tough to talk about because it is very taboo and like when people always think that you have everything together it is tough to just say like you know I was not doing good and it really sucked but I mean that's why you see like famous people in the news because they you know they look like the happiest people and then they take their life and it's like oh my gosh like if only somebody said something and so I'm glad that I was able to tell Tommy, you know, before it continued to get to a point where I, like, truly gave up and just didn't care anymore and wanted to, you know, cause self-harm. So, it never got to the point to where, like, I had a plan or, like, actually intended on doing anything, but my mind definitely was not well for quite some time. So... All that to say is we've definitely experienced a lot of depression and anxiety in our relationship, but we want to focus more today just kind of like signs to look out for and ways that you can support your spouse through that. So, uh, yeah, because just going back to um, the conversation that we had that like I opened up to her, I mean, that was probably a month or so before she opened up to me about what she was going through. Like that was definitely the low point in our marriage because for me with like wanting to wreck my car on the way to work like I kept telling myself that was the only reason but in reality we were both just very unhappy in our marriage and her opening up to me definitely showed the severity that neither of us wanted to admit like she was saying um from the outside no one knew that she was doing like going through anything like that she was straight a student and working full-time like all these things and we were very very good at showing the outside world that we were perfectly fine and basically we're lying to each other and ourselves that everything was going to be perfectly fine um all that being said though definitely having that conversation is what opened us up to wanting to like, not just fight for our marriage, but, like, fight for our own, like, mental health and our own personal selves. And so, this next part of the podcast is really just us helping, or kind of really just telling y'all what we did in hopes that it can help you with whatever you're going through, um, or if your spouse is going through anything like that. So, we're going to dive into that. And, honestly, the first thing with that is just having an honest conversation with your spouse about where you're at and about where they're at, because... Uh, that kind of goes back to our second podcast with communication is just having that open line of communication no matter how difficult things get and I can definitely promise you it's not an easy conversation but it's something that it needs to be had like yeah. it it really will change the course of your marriage the course of your life so it could literally save your life if you have that conversation that's like well this is one of the conversations that we were talking about um 
like in the second podcast, just when you do have a conversation with your spouse, like wanting to have that neutral space and like knowing the severity of it. And so it was definitely a God thing that like ours happened the way that it did because we were at home and like we were on the couch and just like holding each other. And obviously there was a lot of tears involved, but we were just able to speak honestly and like no matter how difficult it was, which obviously that's an extremely difficult thing to one, like admit to yourself and also say out loud, but say it out loud to like just somebody in general, but also your spouse. Like there's so many different levels of like difficulty in that. Just like, I mean, you can talk to a therapist or anything like that, but when you do tell your spouse, like the person that you're spending the rest of your life with and the person that like you absolutely love and like you know marriage is a like ebb and flow and you like give and take and stuff like that but you don't at least for me like I want my spouse to think that I'm strong and like powerful and I don't like have issues but everybody has issues and so being able to open up about that is definitely tough but it's also freeing to just being able to like kind of get that weight lifted off your shoulders and be like this is where I'm at like it's really crappy but I literally it's like it can be a a matter of life and death so just definitely no matter how hard it is um, just try to talk to them and let them know where you're at and you can reference that second podcast just on like how to have a good conversation yeah Another thing, if you're on the receiving end of that conversation, just be present and let your spouse know that you care about them and their needs and let them know that basically like you're going to do whatever you need to do to ensure that their mental health gets better. And um, if you are like in our situation, like, I mean, our marriage was the biggest like factor in what was going on with both of our mental health. And so being able to own up to you might be the issue. Like, I'm not saying that's everyone's situation, but like in our situation, like we were each other's issue. Like yeah. we were the problem in our own marriage. And so being able to both kind of own up to that and make a... Uh, like a conscious decision. Yeah, like a conscious decision, like a, a very serious effort to not be that problem anymore. Um, yeah. And that like being present is obviously very important for that conversation but also for the entirety of like however long it takes for that person to get over that specific thing that they're going through or like we're probably always going to have different things that we get anxious about and I'm sure when we have kids there's going to (laughs) be another level of that so that's something that you're always going to kind of need to make sure that you're doing for your spouse is being present and letting them know that you do care about them and care about their needs, like he said. Yeah. And if you're on the side of this that you want to talk to your spouse about your mental health, um, don't withhold information. Because, like, I know the night that Jason told me all this, like, she definitely, she laid it all out there. And it helped me understand the severity. Because if you just tell them, like, oh, you know, I'm not doing too good, like, blah, blah, blah. But you're not actually telling them the depth of your depression if your spouse either isn't going through that or never has kind of had those 
mental thoughts before, it's going to be really hard for them to understand the severity of it if you don't let them all the way in. And so if you're going to start that conversation, be vulnerable and open to having it all the way through because it really will make the difference in your recovery. Um, If you don't tell them the entire situation, they're not going to know how to help you the way you actually need it. Yeah, and it definitely is not easy. Like, I want to reiterate that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, at least it wasn't for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that have gone through things that they have told somebody, and it's really, really difficult to tell them. But, like, I know my heart was was racing, and I was, like, already bawling before (laughs) I really even said anything. And But just telling him, like, how bad it was was definitely like one for him he did finally realize because I felt like literally for like years that I was telling him like I'm not happy like something needs to change and like we would have like a blow up and then like I literally I remember telling him like we had a huge argument one day and I was like cool well that went nowhere see you again in three months to have this conversation again because it was just like a never-ending cycle and so when I was able to finally like, when we were able to get into a place of, like, both feeling, like, a mutual comfort, and it, like, the floor just so happened to be, like, open that night, and, I mean, there's no other way to explain it other than saying it was a God thing, because just the way the the night kind of went having that conversation was um, to where, like, we felt open enough to say everything and lay it all out there, but it was regardless of like how it was kind of like set up it was still not easy to actually say those words like definitely the hardest day we've ever had as a married couple yeah like hands down there's no other comparison um but it will also change your marriage for the better and for us yeah if it literally if it wasn't for that night like we would not be sitting here doing this like we are right now so yeah i say we might not even be married yeah honestly it's <laughs> being honest it was yeah it was really really bad but you know god can use your really crappy situations and bring something beautiful out of it and that's yeah. why we're so passionate about this and um because we know like how crappy things were for us but we know how good things are now and like we're a testament to just how beautiful i guess things can be out of like the crap (laughs) so but yeah so we're trying we'll try to get away from all the tear jerkers yeah (laughs) um on to like just ways to help when it comes to especially like with the anxiety just understand your spouse's boundaries so like for me it's social settings for jason it's just not being prepared or like not being aware of what we're doing and so stuff like that to where like she kind of said like a little bit early of earlier is how like for grocery shopping either she'll just go do it or like I don't mind doing it as long as it's I'll order it online go pick it up in a few hours no big deal and then yeah just understanding like you said the boundaries and just like knowing kind of what each other needs so that way you can work around that to where it's still you can continue your marriage and life easily but know that like there's just a couple of extra steps you need to take to make things a little bit easier on each other and then luckily for her with the whole parking situation i 
hate not having a parking spot anyway, and I'm always like way too early to anything we ever do, which drives her crazy sometimes, but we'll always have a parking spot for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the next one is also not making fun of each other's triggers because I, until he told me that like stuff like that made him actually like physically anxious, I didn't get it. And so I'd be like, that's stupid. Like just freaking put your clothes on and go to the store with me. Like I just, it didn't, it didn't click for me. And I'm sure, I mean, I guess it's a little different for like while you're in school, but I don't think you probably realized that my anxiety came from like unpreparedness like with studying because I was just studying all the time because it's like that's what students do. Yeah, but I thought she was a nerd. I mean, I am, <laughs> but it makes me like I just get really anxious about stuff like that. So all that to say is like don't make fun of each other for whatever like they're going through. Um, like if it is something, you know, I might think going in the grocery store is silly but it's like that for him is not so yeah um and then making make your home the safe space so yeah for a long time we didn't feel like you know it was kind of like we escaped home by going to work yeah like i hated my job with a passion but for about a year i would have rather be there like, I would work 12-plus hours a day just to not be at home because I knew if I came home, we're either going to fight about something or I'm going to get home from a long shift and I'm going to have to cook dinner, blah, blah, blah. And, like, we don't have, like, the gender roles with dinner. Like, I love to cook. I don't mind. But when I wasn't happy in our marriage, I didn't want to make her food. Like, you, yeah. you can make some Easy Mac and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, so in same, like, reverse, too, like, we were both, like, having a hard time in our jobs. So it was, like... You escape home by going to work, but then you escape work by going home. So you don't really have like a space that yeah, you like feel comfortable in. My except 45 for the, minute drive. Yeah. Was, that was my stress relieving time. Like just throw on a podcast. and Which is not enough time yeah. to like be able to like feel safe. So, you know, I have on here like your home shouldn't feel like a battleground too. And yeah. I feel like that for a long time was how our home felt and... So just try to like have, even if you are like in a, like how we were like in a hard time, like going through things together, like your issues are with each other. Yeah. Maybe see like designate like a room or an area of your house where that's like, hey, I'm like for me, like I have, we have an extra room that I have like the gym quote unquote in that we use every day yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that that could be like your safe space be like hey i just need to go you know ride my bike for a minute or whatever like if you are going through something just say like you know you go to this room you go to this room or however that is like if you go to the closet or whatever like maybe try to find like something like that to feel safe but overall your home should feel like a a safe space and like a space to where both of you can move freely and feel comfortable in and not feel like that's your another area where you're trying to avoid too yeah next we're just gonna talk about focusing on some goals um that you can meet with your spouse for us after we had that big conversation it was probably two to three weeks before we were really on 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say speaking terms like we weren't not speaking, but both being on the same page that we were open to finding a solution for both of us and for our relationship. And so don't expect to have these goals set right away. Um, and that goal could be you going to therapy or like seeking treatment with your spouse, or it could be something that y'all do internal uh, between the two of you. And so, like I said, for us, it was like two to three weeks. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you how long it's going to take. Some people, you could be ready to go the next day. Some t- people, it could be six months down the road. We really just, every relationship's different. Every person going through um, mental health issues is going through a different form of it. And so just be patient, be open to. Yeah, I think like with the goals too, that can be something that like you can also help with like being present with Um, just saying like, hey, we, you know, whatever it is, like if it is finding treatment or therapy, like um, just setting a goal and saying like, you know, this day we're going to try to get this or like kind of move forward and continue to grow or however that is like for what you're dealing with like um just have some goals so that way you can like look forward to that um and then you know we've we've talked about like how a lot of our issues were within our marriage um not everybody is going to be like that everybody has their own stuff going on so it's you don't not everything should be taken personally. Um, so if your spouse is going through something that has like nothing to do with you, don't take it personally. Um, you can just say like, again, just being present, letting them know that you're there for them. And, um, obviously if y'all are a more similar to our situation, take it, take it personally. <laughs> yeah, definitely take it personally it in that sense. Cause you want to make sure that you're on board for, taking responsibility and also helping out yeah just claiming ownership of like you know i did a lot of these things wrong and i acknowledge that and like what can we do together to move forward and that can also go back to just like focusing on those goals like just moving forward and growing from them like not really forgetting but you know learning and seeing what you can do to not be even be like not even become a better person for just yourself but also for your spouse um yeah so now um we're kind of just going to go over a few warning signs and like things to look out for so if because like we're we're talking about the person going through these mental issues bringing up this conversation but we want you to if you believe your spouse is going through something like this like there's no shame and it's probably preferred that you bring this conversation up to them because like for Jason like she was going through it for years before we finally got to the breaking point that she felt comfortable bringing it up to me and so definitely this is such a severe topic that you you don't want to be too late and so kind of a few things um, really just to look out for and this could go for this kind of just depression and anxiety it's kind of both hand in hand on this one so really just looking out for sadness fatigue um personally like if you're trying to like if you don't know yourself if you have it or not like you could have body aches whether that's like a headache literally just your your arm ache back ache like just random pains agitation anger lack of interest and joy 
um, yeah. feeling withdrawn. With the like anger too, like I feel like that is stuff that you, like people can be like easily set off. Because yeah. I know that that was what we were going through a lot too. Is like, you know, something would somebody would say the slightest thing, like and maybe the smallest tone different, or like one word was wrong, and it would just set us off. Like yeah, we were just only looking for reasons to fight, and so if it was like the smallest thing. It was just, it was game on at that point. Yeah, like everything had to be an issue every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another good one would be like insomnia. So not good sleep or also oversleeping. Like that could kind of go into just like laziness, um, appetite changing, weight gain, weight loss. So that, yeah, like physical changes and then really just like loss of concentration. So if you can't just stay focused on anything, um, that's another big one for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of things like with being like like no interest or being withdrawn those for me I feel like we're kind of like small changes over time so it's like really hard to notice that but yeah I feel like it it is hard because you at least for me like I said I put on a front and so I wouldn't want to do anything but I would go out and like try to make people believe that I was okay and I obviously wasn't so just I mean it's there's so hard to recognize these things unless it is kind of like a sudden thing which that brings us to like when when it does become sudden then that is something to like really look out for um because that could be possible signs of like self-harm or suicide which like they kind of go hand in hand just like sudden um, mood changes, sudden appetite changes, like oversleeping or not sleeping at all, or like sudden changes in your activities. So like you're like pretty quickly like withdrawn, don't want to ever do anything. Um, obviously this would be easier to see in a person who is more outgoing. Um, but if a person has been dealing with depression for a long time and they have been withdrawn, they could even become happier and like more joyful because they feel like a weight has been lifted off their shoulders almost because they've in their mind they're like I'm done I've I've made a plan like you know I feel so much better because like I know that everything's going to be over soon so they feel happier so if that's like you know you would think that person is feeling better which in obviously everything with mental health is like situational so somebody may actually be getting better but if you notice it just feels off that they are like instantly just like super happy when they haven't been that's kind of like a red flag yeah um another one would be like another thing to look out for like making final arrangements and like obviously that's a very very severity like a high severity one because you don't just randomly make final arrangements for when you're gone like like a random changing of the will, um, something like that, or giving away like special items like that are personal to them that you know like they would never give away. Like I probably have some weird knickknacks in my life that I would never give away just because that's like my thing. Um, and then obviously the most obvious one would be threats of self harm. And so, yeah, it's important to be on the lookout for those. Um, and when I was in nursing school, we had to go through 
a mental health training and they talked to us a lot about how it's really important if you feel like you've noticed somebody having some of these symptoms, ask if if they're having these thoughts. And um, I know people have said like, if well, if I ask them that and they're not, I'm putting that thought in their mind, which is not true. No. Um, it's like clinically backed that it that's not true. <laughs> um, so just that can go back to our communication podcast, just making a safe space and telling that person like, hey, like, you know, I've noticed that you seem like a little bit more upset lately and you haven't been acting yourself and I just want to make sure that you're okay and like, are you having any thoughts of hurting yourself? And if they say, you know, actually, yeah, I am, then you can ask them if they have a plan and if they say, yeah, like, you know, I have a gun or I have pills or I'm going to drive my car off a bridge or whatever, like try to remove that threat immediately. And then you can call 911, which is obviously like our (laughs) emergency services number. But the new suicide hotline number is 988. Um, So if you want to call that, I mean, you can call that obviously for extreme situations or if you are just having thoughts or you ask your spouse and they're having those thoughts, you can call 988 for to talk to somebody who is trained in like de-escalation and kind of just talk to you through that. So we know that this podcast today was extremely heavy and um, difficult to hear. I'm sure if some of my family is listening, it's probably shocking for them. Like I said, I haven't really told anybody except for Tommy, um, just because I I just didn't want to expose myself like that, I guess. But we are here for you, and I hope that after today's podcast, you can truly tell that like we are going to be hitting those heavy topics, and we are going to be top- talking about everything, so that way our story can hopefully help you get through something. So on that note... Next week's podcast is going to be much lighter, so that way we can kind of have a good balance. And oh, yeah. We're going to do uh, myths about marriage in your 20s, kind of have like a little true or false thing, because when you get married young, everyone tells you like, oh no, you're going to go through this, or you can't do this, you can't do this, and we basically proved most of that wrong, so we're going to talk about all those fun ones. Yeah, so that'll be like a more lighthearted one, just... What's that show, like Mythbusters? Yeah, Mythbusters, marriage edition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> marriage in your 20s edition. But again, we know it's heavy. Maybe go listen to something else or some music or something after this to try to like get yourself in a little bit better mood. Just turn but, on the Justin Bieber and you'll be good to go. That's what yeah. I do. <laughs> but if you're not following us already, go ahead and head over to Instagram. We are at Love is Relentless Podcast. You can go ahead and send us a DM with any questions you may have. We'll be answering those on our podcast. And also, if we, for some reason, like even um, so for the person that wrote this question to us about this topic, if we miss something that you were really trying to hit at, like if you have... More specific. Um, yeah, it's like a more specific, detailed situation, even if it's a different podcast that we've done, like... Let us know, and if it's something that we need to do a whole other podcast on, we will, or we can just help you out individually. Um, but don't be afraid. Like, if we don't answer your question, please ask it again. Like, ask it in a different way. Let us know that we didn't answer your question, because that's what we're here to do is help mm-hmm. out people. 
And so if we're not helping you, we want to know that. Yeah, for sure. So as always, we hope this podcast helped you and your marriage in some sort of way so that your love can be relentless. Heck yeah, guys. Y'all have a good day. See y'all next week. Are we going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Goodness. There's the blooper. Jeez. Good stuff.